Praise God. God is awesome. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Okay, just so that some of y'all can't figure out how Anna has been here all her life and Jackie has been here since she was 15, (laughs) and we're celebrating our seventh anniversary, we are actually this year celebrating our 140th year as a church here on this corner. We are celebrating 130 years of this building being here on the corner of East 79th and Euclid Avenue. So, you are actually in the class this year of 140 at Calvary Presbyterian Church because that still remains our official name. We do business as New Life at Calvary, but we trace our roots all the way back through Calvary, Glenville, all the way back to the original Calvary Presbyterian Church. So we've been here for a mighty long time. All right. Oh, man, I done got so excited I want to sit down. <laughs> Would somebody give me a glass of water, please? Some are, uh, praise God. I, th- I told you there was no better church. Praise God. Let's pray. God, as we look at your word this morning, speak to our hearts. We are grateful for who you are and for what you've done. Complete the good work that you've begun here at this church way back in 1880. We thank you, God, that you are a great and an awesome God. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Who can tell me what's the title of my sermon today? Nobody. (laughs) Okay, what's still the same? You guys are so wrapped up in the service, you don't even need a bulletin today. Okay, for those of you who have come to be a part of us since uh, we've come together as a church, and for those of you who are online who don't know what our history is, I'm going to kind of bring us up to date. It was about eight years ago that Glenville New Life Community Church and Calvary Presbyterian Church began to explore the idea of coming together to form one congregation. And after a lot of discussion, a lot of prayer, a lot of meetings, and several different votes, we decided to become one church that would be known as New Life at Calvary. And so seven years ago, Um, a group of us, we left Glenville New Life Community Church over there on 711 East 105th Street. Uh, Those of us who didn't want to make the extra trip, we crossed across the Glenville Plaza Shopping Center. We headed west on St. Clair until we got to East 79th Street. We made a left turn there on East 79th and headed south down East 79th. Meanwhile, there was a group who left this church and headed north on East 79th Street. The two of us, we finally reached each other when we got around Huff Avenue, and we hugged each other, and we grabbed, and we clapped, and we just had a good time there on East 79th Street. And then we realized that we need to keep moving. 
Uh, so we headed south down East 79th Street. And there when we got to the church, on the step of Calvary, there was a group of people from both of the churches waiting for the groups to eagerly arrive. And after we crossed over Euclid Avenue, we had a time of embracing and hugging and all that good stuff again. And then we went inside the building and we had our first praise and worship service as New Life at Calvary. That was seven years ago, the second Sunday in 2013. And in seven years, we have seen a lot of changes take place in various ministries, in various lives, in our community, in our nation, and even in our world. We have seen new life come into our church through births, through membership transfers, and through people coming in through our doors, giving their lives to Jesus Christ, and choosing to serve God with us. We have also seen people leave. Some have transferred their membership. Some have walked away. Some have disappeared, and we don't know where they are. And some have, most importantly, gone home to be with the Lord. When it comes to our services, we have seen the times of our services change, the number of our services change, the length of our services change, the location of our services change, the styles of worship in our services change. And no doubt all of us have seen something change that we really like, and we even miss it to this day that it is gone. But our goal has always been to seek what was best for the body of Christ here at New Life at Calvary. Now, we have heard, thank God, from almost 70 of you what you love, like, or have appreciated about New Life at Calvary these past seven years. And we thank God for each and every one of you, for how you feel about your church, how you feel about its ministries, its pastors, and its God. But you know something? Sometimes it's not necessarily what has changed that needs to be celebrated. There are times when we need to celebrate what is still the same. You know, Jesus told Peter once, he said, Upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Jesus wanted the church on a firm foundation. And in one of Jesus' most famous parables, he talked about a wise person building his house upon a rock, whereas a foolish person built his house upon the sand. And then there arose a terrible storm, and the house that was built on sand, when the flood waters came, it was swept away and torn apart. But the house that was built upon the rock, it weathered the storm and it stood its ground. When we build upon solid ground, how many of you know we stay in one place? We live in a society today that wants to build for the future without having agreed upon what the foundation is supposed to be. Its moral values shift from day to day, and it expects everybody to shift along with it. But what makes us the church we are today as a church is the foundation 
we have been built upon. We unashamedly declare our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ and righteousness. We dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. Why? Because on Christ, the solid rock we stand, all other ground is sinking sand. And that's one thing that's never going to change here at New Life at Calvary. And that's one thing we can always celebrate. We have stood upon the rock of the belief that the Word of God is still the Word of God. It is not outdated because of the opinions of actors or singers or politicians or athletes, philosophers, and others. We still believe, as the apostles did, that the Word of God is given to us for instruction that we might live in a way that's going to prosper us and we might become more like Jesus Christ. We are not here as a church to win a popularity contest in this world. We are here to show what it means to be faithful in serving Jesus Christ. That, my friend, is one thing we can celebrate again that has not changed. We have stood upon the rock of the belief that the Word of God requires that we love others and that we should serve expecting nothing in return for doing so. One thing that hasn't changed that we celebrate has been the choice of so many of you that you have made in your giving to love others. You know, those orphan children in Rotulu home in Nigeria, they're not going to come up to us and say thank you. They won't even know we did it until we get to heaven. When you have somebody come up to you speaking Nigerian and saying, thank you for what you did. And you're like, I've never been to Nigeria. Yeah, but your love has been there. All the kids we fed in Haiti, all the wheelchairs we've sent to different parts of the world, those people aren't going to show up at our back door. But you gave anyways. When we pray for our ministry in India, we've got three, two or three more years left of payments for Pastor Darwin and his wife, Marcy. Now, they live in a part of India that is very anti-Christian. Their members get threatened with beatings and death for going to church from the Hebrew, from the Hindu nationalists. But we have been building a home. They are now getting at that area, at that age where they need to retire. And both of them are sick and in bad health. And, and they've sent invitations to us, come to India and be with us for a while. Chances are most of us will never sleep in one of their bedrooms. But I thank God that we have been able to give them a place that they can call home where they can safely praise Jesus Christ. You know, the groceries we have given, the meals we have served in our community, the distribution of food out there in front of the church, those things did not fill our pews, but they do make a difference for the people we serve. You see, you as a congregation have given so much without seeking anything in return. Why? Because that's who we are as a church. For 130 years, this building has been standing here as a rock. And at the same time, it's had its hands open 
with its building, with its resources, making it available to others. You see, many of the kids we serve in our community through our partnership with Wade Park School or through all the activities we've had from costume parties, breakfast with Santa's, basketball trainings, tutoring classes, summer camp, they don't all show up in our services. But while we had them, we did manage to pass on to them the truths about the gospel of Jesus Christ through our actions, through our tracks, through our testimonies, because we don't hardly do too much without throwing some Jesus in there. Sure, we would like to keep everybody that comes into our doors. But for some reason, God uses us as an equipping station where people sort of come to us and get fed, and next thing we know, God doesn't send them somewhere else. We have stood firm upon the belief that Jesus' words can be trusted. That's something we won't change. You see, when Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no one comes to the Father except through me, we have been dumb enough to believe that's exactly what he meant. We recognize that God can be at work in anyone's life regardless of who they are or what they believe. Yet salvation is found in Jesus Christ and in Jesus Christ alone because none of us will ever be saved because of our good works. We are saved by our faith in Jesus Christ, that when Jesus Christ died on the cross, he died for our sins, and when he rose from the dead, his resurrection is proof that we too shall one day rise to a new life. This is something we can celebrate, a belief that has not changed in seven years. You know, we have stood firm upon the rock of the belief that when we hurt one another, we are called to repentance and to forgive each other. Just like our God is a God of the second chance, we have tried to be a church that's been willing to give you another chance when you fail. For we recognize that just as we are all just one step closer from becoming more like Jesus, we are all just one bad decision away from causing great pain, havoc, and suffering in our lives and in the lives of others. We are striving to be the church that Paul mentioned in Galatians when he said, Brothers and sisters, if anyone stumbles, anyone caught in sin, you who are spiritual are to restore that person gently. Why? But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you fulfill the law of Christ. This is a hope that lives inside of us that we can celebrate because it's still the same. We have stood firm upon the rock of the belief that God is a good God. In seven years of ministry, God has blessed us in many ways. We have seen people give their lives to Christ. We have seen God pour out financial blessings upon us as a church. We have seen healings take place in our church. We have seen reconciliations take place in our church. We have seen that even in our times of grief and loss, God is still the comforter that Jesus promised to come into our lives in the form of the Holy Spirit. 
We can be confident of our future because of the promises we have in God's word, which says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Does not matter whether we have seven more years ahead of us, 70 years ahead of us, or 700 years ahead of us. I want you to notice, I have read the end of the book of Revelation. And I don't want to be a spoiler for those of you who haven't got that far yet in the Bible. But I got to tell you, I, I know that in the end, Jesus is sitting on the throne and every knee is bowing and every tongue is confessing that Jesus Christ is Lord. I have seen that there is going to be a great day of celebration called the Lamb's Supper. And I want to see you and I want to see you and you and you and all y'all that's watching online. I want to see you at that celebration. You see, there are some things that are still the same that God is pleased with us about. But you know something? In the book of uh, Revelations, the church of Ephesus, God says, here's what I love about what you're doing. But God said, there's some little areas that we need to work on. Seven years, there are still some things we need to work on to move on that solid rock. You see, not enough of us have fallen in the love of God, uh, love of fallen in love with the Word of God, enough to actually read it and to study it with other believers. You know, every one of us here needs to be in a Life Connect group, studying and praying with others believers. Why? Because this is where we become stronger as a church. This is how we get built up on the rock. Now, God has used COVID-19 to bring Life Connect groups right into your home through either Zoom or the telephone. If you want a class in person, you can get that too. That's available. Now, all y'all who've been saying for years, you know, I'd come to Bible study if I had a car. You don't need no car. I'd come to Bible study if it wasn't dark outside. You right there in your house already. You know, I, I, I really do want to be with y'all. It just, I get home too late at night. Soon as the class over, turn off the computer and go to sleep or hang up the phone. Those of you who are online, you need to be in a Life Connect class too. You can go to our website, nlac.tv, find all the information you need to uh, how you get on Zoom. You can go on our, get our New Life at Calvary app. Click on Life Connect. It'll tell you how to get on to our Zoom classes. Those of you who are in the sanctuary today, we got some sheets, well, I'll send you the email. The sheet's printed on the wrong paper today. So I, I almost had them ready for you, but I don't quite. But the point is, you ain't got no reason for not doing it. If you got a telephone, all you got to do is dial some numbers. I'm here at Bible study. 
can't see us, but you can hear us and you can talk. God is saying, in these next seven years, I want to free some of y'all from the love of money and the things of this world and start to tithe. Tithing is giving 10% of your income to the work of the Lord. And the thing is, if you do it, you'd be amazed to discover how God blesses the lives of those who are obedient in their giving. And the sooner you start, the richer your life becomes. Don't go through life taking when you are not giving out more in return. Let me just ask this question. How many of you, when you stand before Jesus, want to be able to say, I praise God I never tithed one day in my life. How many of y'all want to do that? Those of you online, how many of you just looking forward to telling Jesus, oh, Jesus, <laughs> let me move on. God is saying in these next seven years, I want you to have a greater burden for those who are lost and are leaving this world without knowing my son, Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus did tell us to go into all the world and preach the gospel. I challenge you, be bold enough to preach the gospel on your Facebook page, on your Instagram account, your Twitter account, and use the same amount of intensity that you have in sharing your views about everything else. Now, some of us, some of the stuff we put on our Facebook account when we try to tell people about Jesus, they're going to say, well, I didn't know you were saved. Be bold enough to bring up Jesus in your everyday conversations with people. Be bold enough to say, let, let me tell you what God has done for me. You know, COVID-19 has put a lot of churches in the position where only 10 to 40% of their people have actually come back to live worship services. We as a church, we're probably around 30%. And many of us are feeling as though we are emerging slowly out of exile. But I want you to know this. Even in exile, God can do some great things. You see, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were in exile when they were cast into the fiery furnace because they wouldn't obey the governor's command to bow down and worship his God. They were in exile when they were thrown into the fire, but they were in exile when they was in there walking around in that fire with nothing burning, not even the smoke on them when they came out of it. I want you to know that Daniel was in exile when the king said, nobody can pray for 30 days. Daniel said, I'm going to pray anyways. And he went and prayed. And they grabbed him. And they threw him, down into, threw him down into the pit in the lion's den because he wouldn't obey the king's edict. But you know something? Daniel slept just as well as he could that night. The scripture says, 
the king stayed up all night worrying about what was going to happen. Daniel got out of that den, went right back to praying. Queen Esther, she was in exile when she put her life on the line to save her people. She told her people, hey, now, now, now I want y'all to partner with me in this thing. Y'all pray for me for three days, three nights, don't eat. And I tell you what I'm going to do. Even though the law says if you approach the king without being called, your head gets cut off. She said, tomorrow I'm going in to see the king. And if I perish, what? I perish. She did that when she was in exile. And her courage saved her people. We celebrate our seventh anniversary in a period of exile in the sense that we are scattered. Some of us are here. Some of us on Facebook. Some of us on the app. Some of us are on the website. We're scattered all over the place. You know, it's interesting. I'll look at um, who was listening, and we have people in Michigan, California, Texas, Georgia. We have people all over the country who are worshiping with us. So even though we are scattered all over the place, there is a God who made a promise to a group of people who were about to go into exile. And I believe that God can give to us that same promise when he said to the people through Jeremiah, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. My friends, what should we want for the next seven years here at New Life at Calvary? We ought to want more of the love of Jesus Christ to flow in us so that it can flow out of us so that more people can come to know the truth that Jesus is Lord. We ought to want to be a people who will welcome anybody that comes into our midst and let them know we're going to welcome you but we're still going to tell you the truth of the Word of God. We ought to want to be a people who demonstrate that we are children of God by loving one another as Christ loved us. What do we celebrate most? We celebrate the goodness of our God. For there is no greater gift that God could have given to us than the gift of His Son, Jesus Christ, our Messiah. My friends, I encourage you, don't let another anniversary go by without knowing Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. You know, when you look into the necrology report, praise him, y'all, come on up. There are 36 of us that were part of our journey that aren't with us today. And we say thank God for the gifts that they brought to us while they were here, and we thank God 
that they are in the arms of Jesus Christ. But that tells me that some of us aren't going to make it to the next seventh anniversary. It tells me that some of us aren't even going to make it to the eighth anniversary. So if you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, we invite you to surrender your life to him. For those of you who are online, you might be all by yourself. All you have to do is say to God, God, I admit that I am a sinner. I admit I cannot save myself. I ask your forgiveness for the sins I have done. I put my faith in Jesus Christ. I believe that when he died on the cross, he died for my sins. I believe that when God raised him from the dead, God made it possible for me to be raised to a new life. If you invite Christ to come into your life, you're going to be a different person. Your nature is going to change. The Holy Spirit is going to come and live inside of you. You're not going to be perfect. None of us are. But the Holy Spirit is going to give you the strength to make wise choices and decisions day by day. But you can't do it by yourself. You need to be a part of the body of Christ. You need to get into a Bible study group. Again, we invite you to join us in our Life Connect groups so that God can make a difference in your life. Lord, we praise and we thank you for seven years. You have been great and you have been awesome. We believe that you're going to complete that great work you began in us. In Jesus' name.